Hello, and welcome to today's episode. Today, I am chatting with Ellie Rocher about claiming your body's story. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you on your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zellmer. I am editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine and the Brain Health magazine. Additionally, I've published four books on the topic of brain injury and concussion. I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today, our guest is Ellie Rocher, and she is the author of The Embodied Path, 12 Tiny Things, Play Like a Girl, and How Coffee Saved My Life. She teaches yoga at Up Yoga and teaches writing at the Loft Literary Center and the Minneapolis Writing Project. She holds an MFA in writing from Sarah Lawrence College and an MA in theology from Luther's Seminary. Welcome, Ellie. So happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, and I'm excited for today's topic, cleaning your body's story. Um, so tell us, uh, like, what does that mean to you, your body's story? Yeah, so... Everything that happens to us happens to our bodies. And I, it means a couple of things. One is that I think we live in such a disembodied society that it's work to drop into our bodies and, and build that mind body connection where we're listening to how our bodies are communicating to us. Um, and I, so I think just turning toward our bodies and realizing that our bodies have a story, that our bodies are deeply resilient um, by crafting that story and sharing that story. I think that's one of the tools for wellness that we're talking about here on this podcast, one way to become a little bit more embodied. And I also deeply believe that our stories are stored in our bodies And so as a yogi and as as a writer, I've always paired those two activities, moving my body, getting my body unstuck, and then in the flow, letting those stories come out. And then that kind of creates some geographical distance where the story is on the page and I can look at it and it's like clay. Then I can start to mold it and create meaning in my story. Um, and so I, the embodied path is this book that explores this idea of moving our bodies, um, creating intentional breath practice, and then also working in some reflective writing so that we can get to know our body's story and craft it and share it in a way, hopefully where our society will continue to include more bodies so that all bodies can feel safe and protected and feel like we belong. Um, So so I am a kinesthetic learner uh, on the multiple intelligences test. So that means that my body is smart, but it also means I do my best thinking when my body is moving. Um, And so on a writing day, for example, I don't sit at the computer and write all day. I work in a walk or a run. I work in um, some asana practice um, because that mind-body fluidity really helps um, me think and create. And so um, 
that's kind of my passion area is thinking about how we can breathe and move and do reflective writing as three pathways into deeper embodiment. And I think claiming the fact that our bodies have a story and then being willing to craft that story and share that story um, will not only shift things at the individual level, but also at the communal level in our, in our society. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have two thoughts that I want to get out there and then we can dive into it. Um, So when I had my accident, I fell on black ice. I was on an incline. I had my little Yorkie in my arm, stepped on that black ice, went feet out from under me, landed on my head. I remember the feet coming out and going, oh, crap. Yes. And I remember hearing my head hit the ground. And then, you know, I blacked out for a few minutes and then I got up. And as a result of the fall, not only did I have a brain injury, but I tore all the muscles in my neck and shoulders and my abdomen. And like, I did, I dislocated my sternum. I did all this damage. And when I started seeing my PT, he did cranial sacral work on me. And he told me about the book, The Body Keeps the Score or something. I might've gotten that wrong, but something like that. Um, And how we store the trauma in our body and how I might not remember the fall, sort of like people in car accidents. They don't remember the moments leading up to it. They don't remember the accident, but the body remembers every millisecond (laughs) of what happened. And so we carry that with us, whether we know it or not, right? It's more of an unconscious thing. And, you know, we kind of have to work through that. And, um, you know, for me, it was yoga, you know, other people, it's going to be other things. It was also, you know, just going in nature, like going on a hike, getting out on in the woods. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I'll let you talk to that. Yeah. So Bessel, who wrote The Body Heaps of Score, he talks about how trauma um, lives in this place separate from the tyranny of language is what he says, right? So um, we're learning so much about trauma and the body and how um, how we can put our bodies in safe places. Like for me, that is yoga or out in nature as well. And by relaxing and allowing our bodies to feel what it feels, some of that trauma can process. Well, when we're ready to attach words to that, I think writing through some of these things that come up kind of help us metabolize um, that body trauma and live with it. So this is that book is such an important seminal book um, that I think really informed the work that I'm doing of like respecting the the body trauma that you have been through, turning toward it with some reverence, um, with some curiosity. And when you're ready to process through that, kind of walk around those body memories that are coming up uh, and, and knowing the tools that we have to, to then soothe our, our body. So for me, similarly, nature, um, intentional breathing, asana practice. And then for me, writing really helps Mm -hmm. me get something that's in out so that I can look at it. Um, so yes, absolutely. The, the book, this books, the, the moment for me of this book was when I was in the eighth grade, I was a gymnast and I had a traumatic elbow injury. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I, I thought it was maybe going to be career ending for a little eighth grader. This was like 
the end of the world. um, Healing was going really, really slowly. And I was frustrated. And my orthopedic surgeon said, okay, we weren't going to tell you because you're only 13. But when you came into the ER, you had no pulse in your hand. And we almost had to amputate your arm. And so the, the trauma didn't change in that moment. But my story around the trauma changed. And that shifted everything for me. So instead of feeling like a victim and feeling like something happened to me and feeling so frustrated and focusing on what I can't do in that one moment as this little girl, I shifted to feeling so lucky that I had two arms and really curious about what I could do with these two arms. And so then from that moment on, I walked through the world kind of as embodied gratitude instead of embodied bitterness. And so that's kind of the idea I'm exploring this book is like, can we, can we be tender with our bodies and our, our trauma and tell a story in a way that actually creates a sense of freedom and agency um, so that we, we walk through the world embodied a little differently. I I think the stories we tell about our bodies are deeply, deeply powerful. And so by putting a little time into intentionally crafting that as we share it, I do think shifts, shifts things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, so I fell, it was, it was a fairly steep incline on our driveway. And for a couple years after the accident, my body knew that exact incline. And if I was walking down like a ramp or something that had that incline, my body just reacted. It was totally unconscious. And it was like, oh, I could fall. And even though it was dry, there was no weather. I knew there wasn't ice, you know, like I'd have to hold on to somebody or something. And that took a long time to get through that. You know, I had to do a lot of work of like, I am safe, you know, I am stable, um, even now, every once in a while, um, it'll happen and catch me off guard. But for the most part, uh, you know, it's it's gotten a lot better. It's been seven and a half years now, I think. Um, but isn't that amazing how our body just knows? It just knows. I know our bodies are so brilliant. We don't often give it credit. And that what you said about saying I'm safe, like this healing work mm-hmm. is such hard work. So one of the lines in the book that I repeat is like healing is hard, but so is not healing. We spend so much time trying to override some of this trauma and like that repression also is work. You know, the work of ignoring our bodies is also work. And so when we're ready to do the healing work, that feels generative. It's hard, but it's going somewhere. And for me, yin yoga has been so important because my gymnastics career had so much impact. And it was fast, right? And so in our bodies, like in nature or in my yin practice, where you can say, you're safe now. And and this is how Bessel talks about it, like moving so slowly that you have a different experience of the world and you can retrain your nervous system to say the world is actually a safe place. You are okay. And then you can repattern that memory. But we have to, like, we have to be in tune enough to pay attention. Like when you were in that incline, you knew knew something was happening in your body that your body was talking to you instead of ignoring it, you were able to get curious about that. Yeah. Um, And that's so important, right? Is to open up more and more spaces where bodies feel safe enough to explore 
that. It's important. Yeah. And, and so my second thought is how our bodies really do tell us everything we need to know. And I mean, as a fellow yogi, I know you fully understand this. And, you know, that's what I really try to impart onto my students is, you know, just listening to your body today. And and every day our body is a little bit different, right? Like it might be tired or it might be energized or it might be stiff. And just listening to it. And what's it telling you? And like you said, just be curious. Don't judge it. Don't judge it. It's not good or bad. It just is. And what is it telling me? What does it need? What 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 is my body asking for? And I think even when we're sick, right? Like yes. you have a cold or the flu or something, you know, even more serious, but just sitting with it and asking, what do you need from me? Oh, I love that. Yes. Um, resting is not quitting. <laughs> exactly. There is power in rest. Oh my gosh. And I always, resting is different than sleep. We need, we need both things. So often we'll just yes. zoom through our day yes. and then sleep. It's like there, we actually have to build in time to rest as well. And that those, those quiet moments are when we can, we can hear better. Right. And I, I think I, my growing edge is after I hear what my body needs is then to give it what it needs. Because as a gymnast, our, our, our task was often to hear what our bodies were saying and to ignore it. You know, like oh. so often my body would say, I'm scared. I'm scared. Right. And my job was to be like, I want to do this skill more than I am scared and to get up over it. So this is, I, this is a season of softening for me where not only am I listening to my body, but then I have to be brave enough to actually give it what it wants. Um, and so in my former book, 12 tiny things, the third book, one of our tiny practices is in the morning to close your eyes and drop in and ask your body every morning what it wants to drink first mm. because I think how the first thing we do in the morning is sets the tone and so yeah. um, my co-author Heidi would just you know grab the coffee every morning without thinking and she finally tried this and her body that day wanted tepid water wanted room temperature water and when she drank that cup of water first and then re-asked it you're building that trust of like not only am I listening but I'm going to mm -hmm. respond beautiful body to what you're saying you want and like to trust our, especially for women, I think we're taught to distrust our desire um, and, and to not want to take up space by what we want. And so just saying to our bodies, what do you want? And then I'm actually going to honor that is just deeply powerful revolutionary yeah. maybe um and similarly to you yoga is is a practice that really supports that communication and that trust building um you are absolutely right our bodies tell us everything that we need to know um i think our society is not great at listening to ourselves yeah. no or, not at all or each other right so when I'm interviewing folks for work or like you're doing right now interviewing, it's so profound to feel heard, to feel listened to, because that is not everybody's daily experience. And so then to be able to give ourselves that gift of listening to our bodies mm -hmm. and having our bodies feel heard. I just think there's so much healing there. 
And I think societally, we've just kind of been taught, you know, it might be unconsciously even that, you know, just push away pain, right? Oh. Like, like if your ankle hurts, just push it away, but it's mm-hmm. telling you something and that ankle might not be what actually hurts. It might be the knee or the low back or, you know, like you, you need yeah. to take the time to listen and tune in. And we're just taught, especially I know athletes, like you were saying about the gymnast and, you know, we're just taught to push through the pain, no pain, no gain. Yes. And in yoga, we're taught no pain, no pain. Like we don't want pain in yoga. Um, if there's pain, there's a problem. You need to stop doing it. <laughs> right. The, the the differentiation between discomfort and pain. Yes. Right? Yes. That, that's such an important distinction to make. And, but we have to be listening really, really closely to learn that difference. And we are, we're taught to override and repress and push down, but it's not going anywhere. It's just going to loom there. Right. (laughs) It's it's still there. It's still there. And so often where the symptom arises is not the origin, right? So like you said, to follow its pathway and to keep digging and, 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 and establish where it's coming from and what, what it needs. Oh yeah. I just love that. That's right. Like I have a friend right now, she's dealing with some like gut issues and she's convinced it's her daily vitamin that she's taking. And I'm like, "Mm, maybe you want to explore that a little deeper. Like, I think your gut's telling you the literal gut, right? Not, not our intuition, but your gut, I think is telling you, (laughs) you need to change something in your diet, right? Like, That's right. But you know, yeah. we're so resistant to change. It change is hard. It is, but sometimes you make that change. Like, like I recently went gluten-free and it was hard, but now that I'm in it, it's easy. That's right. And it's totally worth it. Um that's the that's a great example of that generative work. It's not easy, but it's moving somewhere, it's moving us toward more healing and wholeness. That's so good. Yeah. My, the, the, so the first chapter of the book is called Bodies Break, Living with Limitation. It's hard. We're all limited, right? Like the, I, there's this false demarcation in society between like the sick and the well and the able and the disabled. That's, that's a farce. Like it's a constellation right. where all, all of our bodies experience limits all of the time. We, none of us get through the day without help. Right. And um, so, but, but there's, there's grieving involved in experiencing those limitations, um, even from the, from gut pain. Right. Uh, and so to tell a different story around our body's limits, not as weakness, but at, you know, mm-hmm. as, as our guru, as the, the thing that's trying to communicate with us and turning toward and just realizing that everybody is mortal. Everybody has limits normalizing that, and not having this binary, right? So that we can yeah. be a little bit more compassionate with ourselves and each other and then build a society that is supportive of all of our limited bodies. And so that we don't see these limits as weakness, <laughs> something to yes. override and ignore, but we build it into our lives and build it into our days. And, you know, dare I say, celebrate 
our limits, which looks like rest and sleep and eating well. And I, 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 we just, because we share this, I keep coming back to yoga. It's such a beautiful practice of embracing our limitations, being in the body that we have in that moment and working with it um, on our own journey, on our own mats. That's just such a safe place for me to practice it because this is one of my growing edges. I was taught to not have limits, to over override um the limits and that's just not how bodies work <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know the same can be said for boundaries too right limits boundaries whatever you want to call it like it's important to have boundaries mm. and limits mm. and you know especially as women you know we're givers we're giver giver givers and we don't always take and ask to take um And so setting some hard boundaries about what you can give, like, okay, I only have two hours to give this week and setting that hard boundary when those two hours are up, you're done. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, that goes back to letting your body want what it wants, like putting your needs on the table with everybody else's needs. Uh, and not, you know, I talk to so many women who put other people's needs and wants first. And if there happens to be time at the very end of the day, maybe you get an hour to do what your body needs. And by that time, you're so exhausted that it looks like sitting on the couch and watching Netflix, you know, and instead of integrating your needs and your wants into like the pattern of a sustainable life. Um, that's a little subversive still in our society, unfortunately. So yeah, I think boundaries is a beautiful way to talk about, talk about this, how important that is. Mm-hmm. So it's going to benefit from us being rested and healed and whole and, and of self. Um, that's not selfish, right? Like that's, that's yeah. us being able to show up in community for those two hours um, with something to give. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Ellie, this has been a, really great conversation and I just enjoy talking to you. Um, I want to make sure we have a moment to talk a little bit about your website, which is ellierocher.com. And as always, we have a clickable link in the show notes so you can click through to that, but tell us a little bit, you know, about what we can find there and how to work with you. Sure. Thank you. So I have my, the, the embodied path is coming out on December 6th. Um, so in about a month, um, and you'll be able to find ways to get access to my four books on my website. And I also have a lot of free download, downloadable resources as well. Um, I teach yoga and I teach writing. And so there's going to be easy links to find those classes if you're interested in that. Um, and with the embodied path, um, there's going to be audio recordings of my breath practices that are in the book, um, and opportunities uh, to do some body story workshops with me. Um, so also an invitation to come to the book launch on December 6th, which will be at open book in Minneapolis. And then awesome. a party at up yoga on December 10th. So if you're in the Minneapolis area, please come and join me for one of those two as well. Awesome. Well, Ellie, thank you so much for being here today and sharing with our listeners. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. 
And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And please leave a five-star review wherever you are listening to help others on their wellness journey discover this podcast. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting it through a $5 membership on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Amy Zellmer. Thank you for listening. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll see you in the next episode.